RTD Live Talk. We are live. I'm excited to have a returning guest. And so before I go to the screen with Mr. Rogers, want to welcome everyone and as well as uh, doing some different things behind the scenes here. So I have to make sure everything flows smoothly. So with that being the case, for everyone that is tuning in, let me know um, if audio is good and we can uh, make sure that things flow smoothly this evening. And so I have a guest here all the way from Singapore. So it's early morning there, late night here. So I appreciate him taking time for me. So just in the chat, by shows of thumbs up, let me know and make sure the audio is good before we get started. And uh, we'll get right up into the main subject matter of the night. Says welcome. So as always, I want to welcome a couple people. We got Crypto Roger. We got MB Walker, Rumpel. Uh, we got Jeff. We got uh, Philip, Will. Okay, so good amount of people here. So let me go to the main screen here. So I'm happy to have returning guest, Mr. Jim Rogers. He's an investor, an author, you name it. He's done everything. And so he's definitely going to share a wealth of knowledge with us. So Jim, welcome to uh, RTD Live Talk. Mike, I'm delighted to be back. Well, I fun appreciate last you. time. I hope it's fun this time. Oh, yeah, it definitely will be. So as always, I appreciate you taking time, as I just mentioned. And so um, I want to get started right away. Um, and so I actually titled this stream um, that... After every after this global crisis unfolds, everything after that will change. And so, with that being the very first statement I've made to you tonight, so what does that mean to you, Mike? Everything you think you know today is not going to be true in the future, especially after the next crisis. Ten years from now, fifteen years from now, nothing is going to be the same. So you should be worried. You should watch Mike, so that you you can know what's going on. And be prepared. Yeah. And so nothing will be the same. And so let's get to some of the basics. And so I'm noticing, let me open my screen. I'm noticing a little bit of lag here. Let me make sure everything is good here. So I see you well. And so I want to make sure everybody else can see you. So let me see if I can adjust something on my end. But other than that, probably won't be able to. So we'll keep going right away. So nothing will be the same. So let's get to some of the basic things. So primarily most people are, you know, tuned in for the rethinking the dollar concept. And so just, you know, monetary monetary matters so your savings investing all those things you're saying those are all included and that won't be the same so can you uh just hone in a little bit for me on what that means as far as people's pockets their savings their investing futures what does that look like in your opinion mike in the united states we've had a, uh it's been over 10 years since we've had an economic problem that is the longest in american history i mean maybe it'll go on 100 years maybe mm -hmm. it doesn't have to end but it always has ended it's always ended between like four and eight years in the past. Mm -hmm. We're overdue. That does not mean it has to happen, but it's going to happen. There are many reasons that it's going to happen. America is now the largest debtor nation in the history of the world. Mike, in 2008, we had a problem because of too much debt. Mm -hmm. Since then, everywhere in the world, the debt has skyrocketed. Everywhere. People yeah. have talked about austerity, but nobody has practiced austerity. I mean, in Washington right now, they're running up over a trillion dollars a year of new debt just for you and me mm -hmm. and everybody watching this show. It's a special gift for us. So the next time we have an economic problem, it's going to be terrible. It's going to affect the whole world. You know, in 2008, China had a lot of money saved for a rainy day. They started spending it when it rained mm -hmm. and helped save the world. But now even China has a lot of debt. So I don't know who's going to save us next time, Mike. Tooth fairy? Maybe the tooth fairy. We need her. We yeah. need her better. 
Oh, wow. So I want to get your thoughts on you because you're in Singapore. So we don't hear much of the main. We hear the mainstream story, which is not not a, not a lot. Give us some of the things that we don't hear on Fox, NBC, all those popular stations here about what's really going on in Asia with Hong Kong and China's or situation. Give us a little rundown, please. Well, we can go to Hong Kong specifically because it's different from most of Asia right mm -hmm. now. But Asia does have a lot of money saved. I mean, the largest creditor nations in the world right now are Asia, Korea, Japan, China, Taiwan, Singapore, even Russia. You know, these countries have a lot of money saved up. They have debt, but nothing, nothing like England, France, Spain, United States of America. The debts are all in the West. And they're getting worse in, in the East, in Asia. They're still working hard, saving their money, and trying to do a good job. Mm -hmm. Hong Kong specifically, uh, to speak specifically of Hong Kong, Hong Kong is, is full of riots. I mean, the young people in Hong Kong, uh, like young people everywhere, they get something in their head, and they think they have to go into the streets, and they're doing it. There is an, a people unhappy in Hong Kong because property prices are the highest in the world. And Hong Kong doesn't. Hong Kong for a long time had a lot to sell to the world because China was closed, mm -hmm. and so Hong Kong was the port of entry, especially for finance. Mm -hmm. So Hong Kong became a huge financial center, which meant that property went through the roof. But now, you know, Hong Kong has lots of competition. Finance. China's opening up. Shanghai is becoming a financial center again. Singapore, other places in Asia. So Hong Kong. Is in decline. It's not going to disappear next week, but it's in decline. So people are unhappy. They know something's wrong. So they're in this. Uh, in my view, China is handling it exactly right. First of all, this is not our business. You know, whatever happens in Hong Kong, it's not for Mike and Jim and somebody else to determine. Let them. Hong Kong, China seems to be taking the approach that okay, do whatever you want to. You're ruining yourself. And they are. They're ruining Hong Kong because now people will not move their businesses to Hong Kong or their money to Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. So China's standing back and letting it, letting it go into decline. Yeah. Now, I question. happen to love Hong Kong, yeah. I have, and I hate to see it, but if that's what they want to do, come on, it's their life. It's not mine. Now, in your opinion, how long do you see this Hong Kong situation playing out? Because, I mean, from what I perceived on this side, it's more so about just, you know, freedom. People don't, they don't want the Chinese frame of government to impose upon what they've been given as far as whatever liberties they have and so do you see this being a drawn out fight for freedom or is there anything else we're not being told about what they're fighting for or wanting to fight for well that's a good question no, no nobody's taking away anything in hong kong <laughs> nothing at the treaty with england uh and with the uk you know in, in 1997 that's 50 years of two countries one system, uh, two, two countries one, uh, one system of one country, two, sorry, one country, two system. None of that has changed in Hong Kong. Uh, kids have gone into the street. They started off, they said that you, what happened was that Hong Kong passed a law saying you can now extradite people from Hong Kong mm -hmm. to China. Uh, and that was what sparked this. Now, Hong Kong has an extradition treaty with the United States. Mm -hmm. They have an extradition treaty with the UK, Germany, lots of people. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite sure what this was. Basic spark, Mike, is that people are unhappy. We go back to that. Whenever you have both, it's because people are unhappy about something. Mm -hmm. People are in Hong Kong are unhappy. Yeah. The economy is no longer the dynamic place it was once before. 
the places in Asia that are competing adequately with Hong Kong. Hong Kong has been declined, so people are unhappy, so they look for excuses. And that's the excuse. China has not taken anything away from Hong Kong mm-hmm. uh, during all of this. They even, they even uh, act the extradition treaty. It's okay, we'll scrap it. No extradition treaty. You would still be extradited to the West, you would still be extradited to other places, but no longer to China. But that's still in the street. Right, I understand. That people are unhappy, that's what's happening. Okay, so that's so that's one. So we, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a chat here. So for those that are, you have questions or whatnot, just go ahead and ask them in the chat, and then I'll make sure I go back and get them and give them to Jim. So I want to make sure we keep flowing because I'm curious to get your expertise on this matter. So keep the questions coming, and then I'll go back and circle back, and we can touch those. And so uh, as far as the social unrest in Hong Kong, you just gave us an explanation for that. And so there's Lebanon, there's Chile, there's Argentina, soon to be there's. Other countries that I can't think off the top of my head. So clearly, a lot of people are not experiencing pleasure from their government and their their the economy. So you know, give us some rundown on all the social I, unrest. I'll tell you what I said early in this program. Mm-hmm. I said you start getting word that there are lots of things going on mm-hmm. that mean the world is going to change very very dramatically. You mm-hmm. just rattled off a few of them. Mm-hmm. You know, in two thousand seven, my Iceland went bankrupt. Most mm-hmm. people, most people didn't know or care didn't pay attention. A few months later, Ireland went bankrupt. Nobody cared. A few months later, you know, Bear Stearns went bankrupt. A few people noticed. A few months later, Northern Rock, the big English bank went bankrupt. More people started noticing. Then, ah, Eman Brothers went bankrupt. By then, it made the evening news. That was a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. That's the way these things work. Right? They start over here where nobody's watching, work their way over that year went bankrupt. Turkey, Argentina, Indonesia, some Indian banks are having problems. Nobody cares, nobody notices because it's nothing. Mm. Chile's in the street, right? Okay, who cares? Nobody can find Chile on a map. Most people <laughs> can't find Chile on a map, but they don't know or care. If they read about it or if they hear about it, they uh, move on to something else. Yeah. But that's what I'm trying to explain. It is moving, mm-hmm. the forces are in motion. There are lots of things. One of these things is eventually going to make the evening news. And then we're all going to say, why didn't you tell me? And I'm going to say, Mike told you. <laughs> did, you did, did you watch Mike's show? Oh, I yeah, unfortunately, you know, I don't. I'm not syndicated shows, so I don't get out to many people. Just a couple thousand, but you know, my goal is just to reach as many as I can. So. Um, I appreciate you for sharing that. So a lot of things were like a domino effect, and so you said Iceland and then Ireland, then you the UK, and so you went. You gave us some dominoes that fail, and so right now uh, I've been covering a lot and talking a lot about Deutsche Bank and just the two the G sibs at this current moment. And so Deutsche Bank, for whatever reason, keeps making the mainstream news, which is kind of like a signal as well. So could Deutsche Bank be a primary uh, domino to fall, or? Could there be something in China? Because I'm hearing more about the PBOC backing up banks in, in China. So where, where, do you, where could the next domino possibly fall, if you were to guess? Well, it could be Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank is a gigantic bank, the largest bank. I guess it's still the largest bank in Germany. Uh, it's, it's diminished in the last few years. But certainly, if Deutsche Bank fails, you better be worried. I assure you, we all better mm-hmm. be worried. That could be the spark. You know, in 1931, a gigantic Austrian bank failed when Austria was still the dominant country in 
in Europe, uh, it failed and that set off the Great Depression and the Great Depression set off the Second World War, et cetera, et cetera. If Deutsche Bank failed, be very, very, very worried. But going to China, yes, there are going to be bankruptcies in China. As I said before, China had a lot of money saved back in 2008, but now even China has debt. You're going to see companies in, bank in China go bankrupt. It's going to shock a lot of people. Mike, it's going to shock me. And I just told you it's coming. You know, it's going to be a surprise. And the good news is China has said, we're going to let people go bankrupt. You know, and in Washington, they say, oh, we're not going to let anybody go bankrupt. We love all our voters. We don't want you to fail. China, communist China, as opposed to capitalist America, communist China says, we're going to let people fail. They have started letting people fail. I hope it continues. But that's going to mean a drag on a lot of places, and certainly the world economy. Be Interesting. Ain't you be worried? So that's the thing. Like you know, Jim, I'm a, I'm an optimistic type of guy because at the end of the day, I, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, you know, I believe that God has everything in control. So I try to be try to look at the good times that we have. And so, I, you know, so I, I remember talking to you a couple of years ago. You said, be very worried. And I was a primary theme of my video at that time. So since then, I've kind of conditioned myself to try to see the good in some of all of this. And so, of course, there'll be a lot of opportunities. And we're going to get to the opportunities that are probably underway that I'm sure you're aware of. But I'm, I'm noticing a couple of things over in the chat. So I'm going to kind of keep piggybacking right off that. And so if everything changes the way that you mentioned in the beginning, that means the current banking model will change as well. So if all the too big to fail banks, derivatives and all those things come to a halt, that, that means that there'll be no easy fix for all the depositors. And then it was a bailout in 2010, 11, whatever. And so I'm hearing about the being written for a bail in. What does that look like and how might that reshape our viewpoints on how we do banking? Well, banking is already changing dramatically. You know, in, in China, for instance, you can't use money. I tried to buy an uh, ice cream the other day in Beijing. <laughs> Poor lady. I had money. She couldn't take money. I had to have, she had every, all her money is on the computer. Mm. You can't take a taxi in China. You got to pay on the computer. If you don't, if your money's not on the computer, you're in trouble. They, they can't take, it's already changing. It's, and banking, my point is banking is changing. The blockchain is going to continue to change banking dramatically. It hasn't hit yet, but it's coming. It's starting very slowly, but it soon will hit hard. Most people, uh, blockchain will put a lot of people in the banking business out of a job, mm -hmm. but don't worry. Electricity put a lot of people out of jobs too. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to get rid of electricity. So these dramatic changes, while it, some people suffer, others benefit and others boom and make fortunes. So mm -hmm. the big technological changes that are taking place, you mentioned banking, are certainly going to, a lot of banks as we know them are going to disappear. All our money is going to be on the computer. Uh, banking is going to be on the computer. I don't know what's going to happen. All these bank branches that are all over the world, maybe they're going to be, I don't know, indoor tennis courts or old age homes <laughs> or something. I don't know what's going to uh, but no, banking is going to change dramatically. Wow. But Mike, this is the way the world's always worked. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. Mike, let me just give you, in one of my books I talk about, you pick any year in history, 1900, everything that people thought in 1900 was false in 1950. Everything that people thought was true in 1920 was false in, 19, in, 2000, in 1935. Mm -hmm. The world is always changing anyway, and I've just showed you that now for dramatic, for many dramatic reasons, the change is underway 
and it's going to be very, very interesting. But Mike, remember some people, some people came out of the 1930s and the Great Depression with fortune. Mm -hmm. They made huge amounts of money. A lot of, most people lost money and went bankrupt and yeah. lost everything. But there were people, and I'm sure people watching your show will be one of the, with some of those that come out making a lot of money. I hope right. I'm one of them. <laughs> Yeah, so same here. So uh, I want to get to some questions because uh, you hit on blockchain, so that was one of the questions, so might as well keep going. So uh, a debt and regret, I appreciate the channel love offering. And so he says, Jim, do you think investors will run more to the U.S. dollar or precious metals? And this was a, a while back when we were to before the banking aspect. So do you think, I guess, in this current time frame and then moving ahead, how much, how much longer of a lifespan does a dollar have in comparison to the importance of metals? Well, Mike, I make many mistakes, but I will tell you, I own a lot of U.S. dollars at the moment. Mm -hmm. not, that it's, not that it's a safe haven, but many people think the U.S. dollar is a safe haven. But I explained the U.S. is the largest debtor in the history of the world. The debt is going higher. So people say, well, why do you own the dollar? Because people look for a safe haven in bad times. Historically, the dollar has been a safe haven. What I expect to happen is the dollar is going to go higher and higher. It's going to get overpriced, might even turn into a bubble. If that happens, I hope I'm smart enough to sell my dollars. And then I might put a lot into gold. Gold sometimes goes down when the dollar is very strong. I own gold now. I own silver now. I bought a little bit recently just because it seems to be getting uh, maybe maybe the bear market's over in gold or the bear correction is over started buying a little bit. I'm not buying big. I still expect a much better chance to buy gold in the future. If and when that happens, I will probably buy a lot of gold. Now, let me get your thoughts, because in, in your explanation, you said if the dollar as the, if the dollar happens to go stronger, you hope you get out uh, in time. And so when you refer to it going higher, you're referring to it. It's 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 international value as far as how the world perceives it, according to the to the to the Dixie, to where that it's a reflection of other currencies basically going down in, in reality. So other nations and other savers are rushing into dollars, causing somewhat of a as a, of an overvalued price mechanism of it. Therefore, it's a problem, correct? Well, it's a problem for some people. It's an advantage for other yeah. people. <laughs> if you own dollars, it's an advantage, yes. Yeah. I hope it can go higher, and it's not a problem for me. I hope it's, it's good for me. That is what I expect to happen. Most currencies will decline in value. The euro has got its own problems anyway. The British pound has its own problems anyway. Many currencies have their own problems anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, so people will search or seek the dollar and it will become much higher price compared to other currencies. And probably compared to gold too, that often happens. And then as I say, when I sell my dollars, gold may be one of the places that I go uh, put a lot more. Interesting, interesting. So we have another question here from the chat, and as well, I missed a call, so feel free to call in. I'll definitely try to get you get you on here. And so uh, this is from King. It says, "How is crypto in uh, in Asia and Singapore? How is that being received?" Because you mentioned blockchain a few minutes ago. This was before you mentioned blockchain, but is, is it really becoming a, a a prominent thing to where it's visual to where they're encouraging citizens to go that route as well? Well, blockchain is entirely different from crypto. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, crypto uses blockchain, yeah. but blockchain. I expect cryptocurrencies to disappear. Yes, there are cryptocurrencies in Asia now. Uh, most people, many people have heard of Bitcoin and very few people use 
cryptocurrencies in Asia, but they are allowed and there are people trading them and using them. Uh, I, I expect cryptocurrencies to disappear. Uh, as many already have disappeared, as you know, Mike. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were several, many hundreds have already disappeared. Mm -hmm. The reason I expect them to disappear, I said to you before, all money is going to be on the computer. It's already becoming on the computer in mm -hmm. some parts of Asia and in some parts of the world. But in the 19th, 100 years ago, people could use whatever they wanted for money. Mm -hmm. Seashells, gold, banks could print their own money, anything legally, anything you want. But then the Bank of England, which was the most important bank in the world, said from now on, it's an act of treason if you use anything else for money except our money. Well, treason might mean they execute you. Mm -hmm. so people stop using other money mm -hmm. and they only use government money. Governments don't want to lose control. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. But the facts are the facts and governments will declare a monopoly again on their money and the money will be on the computer, but it will be government money on the computer. Now, the crypto guys say we're smarter than the government and they are. Everybody's smarter than the government, but the government has the guns. And when the government says it's an act of treason to use something else, most people are not going to use something else. Mm. They're going to use government money. Interesting. Again, I don't like this at all, mm -hmm. at all, but I don't have the guns. Right. Now, there's a big movement uh, amongst the, the crypto space, crypto investors, primarily the your average average person that's hearing about the technology, they jumped in excited because they perceived the opportunity to come out on the other end of all this very well off if they just, you know, as they say, hodl, ride it all the way up to the top and then hopefully get out before or whatever. So you're saying the government won't give up power. Therefore, they could pass some type of law that could cause people to either fear, panic or whatever. They're, they're, where the consequences become severe because they want to force you into whatever their national currency coin is or whatever. And so do, do you think that that could spark a worldwide or, or civil or, or a civil unrest in the u.s primarily because the american public also is well armed and if they feel a pinch as far as them being oppressed by the government because the dollar is failing will they say hey no this is an option we're not going to say no let's meet in the streets type of approach like on some revolution type of ordeal Hooray, I hope. I hope that we finally do something about Washington. I don't anticipate that happening anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Things are not that bad in, in America. I don't think, I, you know, that bad in America right now. They are in Chile, mm -hmm. as you mentioned before. They are in Hong Kong. They are in some places. People are in the street, but I don't anticipate that the failure of cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency is not important enough right now. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are people using cryptocurrency. You and I know about it. But most people, if you walked out into the countryside of the street, very, very few people know what cryptocurrencies are. So it's not a wide enough movement yet. Now, if three years from now, five years from now, cryptos have boomed a lot and then the governments come in and say, stop that, that could cause problems in the streets. Mm. Revolutions come when people's expectations are aroused. Suppressed people don't usually revolt. It's the people who have been promised something better and something new and then it's taken away. Mm -hmm. Those are the people who go into the street. That's what's happening in Hong Kong right now. They were living a great life. But now Hong Kong's in decline, as I said, not because of any government, but because of the world. So the people are in the streets because they see their better life being taken away from them. Mm. That's what 
So if cryptos are that strong down the road, yeah, it causes cause people to go into the streets. I hope something causes us to go into the street. I don't yeah. like what's happening. I don't like what's happening in any any capital around the world that I can think of. Yeah. So the the thing about going in the streets here in the, in the U.S. especially is the fact that it's been it, not not that I haven't never witnessed in my lifetime a mass. Uh, movement of people hitting the streets so people gonna hit the streets here with guns and everything else whereas in chile and argentina they don't have all those items to use and take with them because they're throwing bricks and rocks and they're wearing gas masks and so it's more it's it's, it's more peaceful in those countries because they don't they're not heavily armed whereas in here i don't see it being a peaceful rock throwing like we don't throw rocks here they rather throw hot lead typically so I'm not excited to see that, but I know something is needed, so I'm kind of torn myself, but change is needed, of well, course. <laughs> Mike, we're the most advanced country in the world, so mm -hmm. we don't throw rocks. We throw <laughs> whatever it was you said we're going we're gonna to throw. Yeah. Listen, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I certainly don't want things to get so bad that we have revolution and riots and, and massacres in the streets. No, I hope it doesn't get that bad. I don't anticipate that. But I do anticipate serious economic problems mm -hmm. in the world, including in the United States, as this debt gets higher and higher and higher. Mm -hmm. Something's going to cause a spark. Uh, I hope that it can be contained and solved. But if it cannot be, history, Mike, shows throughout history that when people get really angry and they, they have to go into the streets. That's why the Second Amendment was passed in the United States. The Second Amendment was passed because the, the founding fathers didn't trust the government. They said, everybody keep their guns so that we can protect ourselves from the government if we have to. Mm. Now the government's trying to take the guns away again. That's what the founding fathers were, were afraid of. Mm. They weren't afraid of each other. They were afraid of the government. That's why the Second Amendment was passed. Mm. Washington will not tell you that now, yeah. not in 2019. Yeah. But that's why the Second Amendment is there in case we need to protect ourselves from the government someday. Interesting. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. But who knows? Right. And so a question here uh, about deflation. And so I'm curious to get your thoughts on some of the actual in you know, the details of what's going on in the economy. And it seems to be being it's papered over by monetary policy. So deflation, inflation, stagflation. What, where are we currently at now in your estimation from the U.S. as well as the globe? Because we got to not only consider what's happening here, but everywhere else. Well, Mike, I'm sure you anybody who watches this who goes shopping mm -hmm. knows the prices have been going up. You go to the movie, enter baseball, go to education, mm -hmm. price, doctor, price of everything is going up. Now, the government says it's not. The government is, is telling us there is no inflation, that prices aren't going up. I don't know where they shop, but yeah. I shop. I say I, maybe your butler does your shopping. Mine, but you know, no, she doesn't. People don't have a butler. Yeah, people don't have a butler. They know that prices are going up everywhere, and it's getting worse, uh, including in other countries around the world. We're all seeing prices going up. There's been a lot of money printing. I mean, it, 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 it's been it's been partially covered over. The price of oil has gone down, and the price of oil is the single most important element to anything in the economy and in our prices electricity comes from oil our gas gasoline comes from from oil everything comes electricity comes from from oil so oil prices are down that is covering up the price rises in many things right now but 
there is inflation and it's going to get worse. Yeah, I do agree. So we, we do have our very first call. And so caller, once you mention your question or statement, uh, Jim can't, he can't hear you. So you'll just get your answer offline. But uh, hello caller, what's your name? Where you calling okay. from? No problem, Mike. Tim, Colorado. I just wanted to compliment you both. Maybe you can pass this on to him, but he's a legend and you're a rock star. So <laughs> you guys keep up the work, okay? You're right on point. Appreciate you, Tim. Thanks for calling in, my friend. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, oh, I heard, that. I heard that, Mike. Okay, no, I heard okay. So, so go ahead. So go ahead, go ahead and answer. He can't, he can't hear you because I got the earpiece in. So feel free to go ahead and comment on that if you like. Well, I heard every word he said. You are a rock star. Oh, okay. oh man, I, I'm just a, I'm just a, to, a simple man trying to educate people. That's all. <laughs> that's why I came to do this show. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, so let's keep moving right along. I appreciate the call, Tim. And so people want me to ask you about silver. And so a lot of people here, the, the ratio, gold to silver ratio is very favorable, showing silver as being extremely undervalued. And so where will silver, where does silver play in this game as far as the future is concerned? Well, I own silver. If I, if I were buying either of them today, I would be buying silver uh, because on a historic basis, silver is very, very cheap, as you point out, as your callers point out. Uh, and if you have to buy one, and I am buying some, I told you before, uh, I am buying some silver pieces uh, because I, it is much, much cheaper. Uh, mm-hmm. And when, when, they, when the problems come, when we have prices again, both are going to go up a lot, and silver will probably go up much more than gold, just because it's historically so very, very cheap right now. Mm-hmm. Now, do you see do you see the attempt from the from the all the futures and the shorting and trying to slam contracts out there? There's so many, so much paper silver, paper gold. Do you see them being able to continue to throw all that stuff on the market, slamming the price down the way they've been able to do for the last couple, how many ever years? Is that can that still go on? No. Well, Mike, you, you're perceptive. Governments always try mm-hmm. to control things they don't like. And when the price of gold and silver start going through the roof, that means there's a problem at the government. Mm-hmm. The government's not going to say that. Mm-hmm. They're not going to say, oh, my gosh, we made terrible mistakes. Let's solve the mistakes. They're going to say, stop those speculators. Stop those <laughs> silver speculators. And they're going to do whatever they can to control the price of gold and silver. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, gold and silver exist all over the world and they can have temporary effects. But in the end, because mm-hmm. these days, I mean, this is an international world, whether they like it or not, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be impossible to totally control the price of gold and silver. Mm-hmm. They may be able to say it's against the law, but there are too many countries in the world that will not say that in the right. future. Not about gold and silver. You might say it about cryptocurrency. Yeah, and so just with the, too just, many grandmothers have silver. Yeah, just with the I guess I, I've been following out and watching a lot of other commentators, and so it looks like gold it's, it's specifically is hitting a lot of all time highs in a lot of countries and a lot of currencies. Oh, okay. Therefore, uh, that lets me know how important it is. It's just unfortunate it hasn't hit yet, hit here yet in the U.S. But at this current point, do you think the current prices is as cheap as it will go in comparison to where it might go, say, next year or the year after that? And so right now, it's basically right now, it's the cheapest it's going to be for a while or ever. Mike, Mike, watch you. I'm the world's worst market time. I'm a horrible short-term <laughs> trader. I'm no good at it at yeah. all. I don't even buy anymore. Uh, if it goes down, I will probably buy more. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it goes down a lot, I will buy a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm not, I, because I know, Mike, mm-hmm. in the end, 
where the next time we have the next crisis or two are going to be so bad. And throughout history, when people lose confidence in governments and lose confidence in paper money, mm-hmm. they always buy gold and silver. Maybe they shouldn't, but they always have. Mm-hmm. And I'm just another peasant like all the other peasants. Yeah. All of us peasants are not going to listen to the academics and the politicians. We're going to buy gold and silver, yeah. and I'm going to buy more. Now, what are your thoughts on on real estate, mining stocks? There's a lot of people who like to you know, throw out seeds and everything and see what grows what sticks you know what are your thoughts on all those things Mike, Mike, my real estate is a huge world out there i wouldn't buy property in new york new york's a big financial center iowa i'd buy property Iowa's an agricultural center agriculture has been, been going down for 30 years agriculture is going to buy property buy a farm don't buy an apartment on park avenue in new york buy a farm and but there are lots of places in the world i wouldn't buy a, a, a in china i wouldn't buy house in Shanghai. It's a gigantic financial boom taking place there. But if you buy in the Chinese countryside, it might make a question. So where? When you say property, where? Which property? Park Avenue is not me. Farms in, farms in Siberia, maybe. <laughs> Interesting. So as we draw towards the end, because it's early morning in Singapore, they're late night Saturday here. So I want to I respect your day because you got a whole day ahead of you. Um, we're in the political season. And so the peach inquiry, the you know, to get them out of office. We got Democrats, socialism. Everybody want to promise free stuff. What what do you? How do you see this turn into a, either a, a benefit for Trump to win again, or does it? It doesn't matter, obviously. But what are your thoughts on this political season coming up? What do we? What should we expect, or what? What's the worst case scenarios? Well, Mike, I'd like some free stuff too. You got some free stuff for me. Tell them to send me some too. All the people got free stuff. Uh, I would suspect that Mr. Trump will get reelected. I mean, it's almost impossible for to, to defeat a sitting president in American history. It has happened. It has happened. Very unlikely, you know. A president, if he needs votes in this state, he can spend a lot of money there. His opponent cannot. So he cannot. And they do it. And that's why most presidents reelect. So I would suspect Mr. Trump will get uh, reelected. Uh, will that be good for the world? I, I don't know. I don't think so, because as I said to you before, not what I said to you before, we're going to have Trump. Whether Trump is them or not doesn't matter. Mm. Over, now, it's going on 11 years since we've had a problem in the U.S. We're overdue. It's going to happen. Yeah, good point. Now, I'm curious to get your thoughts on just the central banking model. So to, to, to wrap everything up, to bring things home. And so we'll get you know, a couple more minutes. So if any questions are for Jim, last minute, definitely put in the chat. Or I'm gonna, actually, we got a call here. So I'll take this call. Or I lost the call. But central banking, the way it's currently standing now, everyone's racing to the bottom, interest rates. And so uh, we do have a call. So I'll, I'll t- take this call. So I'll save my question for you. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike and uh, Jim. This is uh, Marvin from Dayton, Ohio, man. How you doing? Doing good, Marvin. What's on your mind today? Hey, I wanted to ask you guys a specific question. Okay. Now about gold and silver. Now, let's just say the dollar blows up, okay? You know, it's no longer no good. How would you be able to cash it in? Do you have to do it like, you know, like what you're doing over in China, over the phone, deposit it somehow? How would that work? So how would you cash in your gold and silver if the dollar or national currency you it's denominated in at that current moment is is not good? So if hyperinflation sets in, nobody wants dollars. Jim, how would you, how would right. you liquidate, well, get rid of them? So call it. He'll answer Mike, off air. 
Marvin, uh, Mike, uh, the way I own, not, not all, but I own a lot of gold and silver coins mm -hmm. because in, in real t hard times come, you take a block of gold into the grocery store. First of all, he doesn't know if it's gold. He, he can't tell. Second, he can't make change. But if you've got a silver dollar, he probably will know it's real because most likely it is real, and he can make change if he has to. So I mainly... Not mainly, but I own a lot of gold and silver coins, and I anticipate buying more gold and silver coins. Liquidity, and the, and they're recognized. Most people can tell if silver dollar is real or not. You cannot tell if a block of silver or a block of gold is real unless you have it asset. So that's how I. Yeah. Now, my my my, my one of my questions would be then because. General coins or American Eagles, silver dollar, I mean, just uh, normal coins in an ounce form. Of course, they're smaller weights, but yet going to the store with a, with a one-ounce gold coin, you won't be able to determine what how much value it is if everything is going to haywires. So do you just do you personally, would you say that it'd be good to have some fractional, some, some uh, pre-64 coins that might, might carry less weight? Therefore, have more smaller denomination or value itself, or because I'm assuming you won't want to get well, rid of a gold ounce for some your, your grocery bill. Well, certainly in the U.S., but remember, I in in Brazil, I don't know what a, a pre uh, 1955 American quarter looks like. I don't know what that is at all. So yes, in the United States, in the United States. I'm just saying, if you're an old, old American going to trade in America, but maybe not in Japan. You have a call. So, hello, caller. What's your name? Where you calling from? And what's your thought or question for Mr. Rogers? Uh, my name is Pat Sherrill from Pat from Alabama. Pat from Alabama. Uh, Jim, I want you to know that since I'm from Alabama, I have the right to speak to God or any other Alabamian. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what uh, you think about the Bish uh, accepting gold at a hundred percent price, and what effect that'll have, or am I wrong entirely? Thank you. All right, Pat. Appreciate the call, Jim. Did you, you get that? I didn't get it all, Mike. I, I agree with him about Alabama. Okay. <laughs> you know, I grew up in Alabama a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, what was his question? So, Pat, are you still there? Yes, sir. So, I'm sorry, he, he didn't hear your question, and so give give, give, give us a question one more time. Okay, the uh, Bank of International Settlements accepting gold at 100% of its value, what effect does he think that's okay. going to have? Okay, sounds well, good. I appreciate that. That, that, that certainly increases okay, the demand well, for gold. We'll listen and y'all please talk. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jim, go ahead. Uh, that, that certainly will increase the demand for gold, more and more central banks. The Russians, the Chinese, other people are starting to buy, central banks are starting to buy more gold. The BIS will accept gold as full value. Of course, that increases the demand for gold. I said before, I, I'm starting to buy only gold, but I'm starting to buy a little bit more. And if it goes down, I'll probably buy a whole lot of gold and silver. I'm not the only one. You know, the Bank of International Settlement sees what's coming. Other people see what's coming. We have another caller, so this will be the last call this evening because I want to definitely respect the time, as I mentioned. So, hello, caller. What's your name and where you calling from? What's your thoughts or question for Mr. Rogers? Hello, my name's Al, calling from Washington State. <clears throat> Alan from Washington uh, State. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for the great stream tonight, the good conversation. 
Uh, I've been on the gold and silver bandwagon for quite some time, and I've been thinking as far as uh, diversification, some good mining stocks. Uh, being the mining stocks are so undervalued or kind of depressed, I'm wondering what Jim's uh, thoughts are on that. All right, well, appreciate that. You answer can, off air. If you can you. find the right mining stock, you will make a gigantic fortune because that's how you get the leverage. But remember, I think it was Mark Twain who once said that the definition of a gold mine is a hole in the ground with a liar standing at the top. Mark Twain lost a lot of money in a gold mine, I think is why he said that. <laughs> so be very careful. If you get it, remember, there are thousands, thousands of mines out there, hundreds of mining stocks. I don't know which ones are the right ones because I'm too lazy now. But if you can find the right four or five out of the hundreds or the thousands, you're going to get very, very, very rich. Mm. But for most people, you should buy gold and silver itself because then you, you have it in your hand or you know what you're doing and you don't have to worry about the honesty or the business practices or anything else with the miner. If you find the right miner, buy it. And then please send me an email because so I can do some homework too. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, so the very last question because I got a gang but this could be my last one, I promise you, I promise you. I know you got to go to the disco, Mike. I know what. <laughs> no, my, actually, my, my son has a game tonight that I, I told him I can't make it. I got to talk to Jim. So I'm not at the basketball game where I should be, but he'll, he'll, he'll forgive me. But um, the BRICS, uh, One Belt or the Belt and Road Initiative, clearly that's being set up for the future. You got a first hand, you got a front row seat because you're in Singapore, so you know what's going on. How far along uh, are they from flipping the switch on and making it official that the world knows and they only accept whatever they're going to accept and gold plays a part of their plans? Give us a, the rundown. Last question. I'm going to let you go. I promise. Well, it's not often that geography changes. You know, the Spanish started sailing around the world 500 years ago and changed geography. The railroad changed geography 200 years ago. Chicago wouldn't be there except for the railroad. It mm -hmm. made a lot of people rich. And that's what's happening now with One Belt, One Road. China is changing geography. Huge amounts of money are being spent. If you can figure out where the One Belt, One Road is going to go, like Chicago or Denver, then you're going to get very, very rich. It is a gigantic, one of the most important things happening in the 21st century is the one China's One Belt, One Road. They have the money to do it. They have the ability to borrow a lot of money, which not everybody does these days. Mm -hmm. So, no. Please learn more about it because in my mind, it's one of the most important things happening in the 21st century. Mm. And so therefore, because it, you believe that's the most important thing, I had a guest on a while ago talking about their efforts to help re rebuild Africa to make it a, a manufacturing hub. And so there's a lot of plans out there. So to me, that, that, smells, that spells opportunity for those that are able to think, think beyond and head that way. So, um, but Jim Rogers, uh, it has been great. Yes, wait, let me, Mike, I wanted to just say yes opportunity but remember it actually in, in china and in asia the, the countries have words that mean opportunity and disaster are the same thing and that's true mm -hmm. when there's a if your house burns down that's a disaster but it's an opportunity for somebody because mm -hmm. he's going to rebuild your house mm -hmm. so always try to look for the opportunity when there's a disaster and africa's got huge huge prospects that you mentioned Right, right. Go ahead. Sorry, go okay, ahead. I no know problem. you got to go to the disco. No, 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 no disco. I'm good. But I just want before before I'm gonna you know, sign off here, but then keep you for one more second. But uh, everybody, it's been great having you guys tune in tonight. I appreciate the participation. The 
phone calls as well as the chat. So sorry we couldn't get to all the questions, but once again, we'll hopefully have you on in the future. But uh, with that being the case, everybody be blessed, be safe. If you've enjoyed this interview, don't be afraid to donate a thumbs up. Also, for greater content, more content, invest in the Patreon. That'll definitely help. But other than that, be blessed. And once again, Jim, it's been great having you on. And uh, definitely look forward to having you on in the future, having you on again, because it's been a while. So I appreciate you taking time for me. But, Jim, once again, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you, Mike. It was, last, it was fun last time. It was fun this time. Thank definitely. you. Definitely. Be safe, Bye-bye. everybody. Hey there, sorry for this interruption, but I wanted to bring something to your attention. If you've been enjoying this live stream, why don't you partner with me and be a support to the channel via Patreon membership for just a minimum of $5 a month. All you have to do is scroll down beneath this video here, click the Patreon link, then consider donating as little as $5 a month toward the channel. A little bit of crumbs can go a long way, and I appreciate your support. Now, let's get back to this live stream.